Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, folks. How are you today? Ooh, nice and windy. It's almost like fall. It is fall. Ha, ha, ha. Getting some really good color. So on those deciduous trees and shrubs. And how are your plants doing? Are you sad to see those summer annuals start? Some of them starting to go downhill. But a lot of them are just saying, hey, the temperature is still really good. I'm going to keep blooming. I'll keep showing off until it gets too cold. If you have any questions or concerns, simply give us a call. 314 436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. I'm probably not going to be answering your call. I'll let Scott answer it because he likes to talk. (laughs) Anyway, Saturday morning, it's a good gardening stroll, and afterwards we can discuss what's going on in your yard, your perennials, your hillside, your ground cover, anything that's in the outdoors right now. Mmm, or how about those tropical plants? You better get them inside soon if you got them out on your deck or anything. And uh, those dogs of yours, what kind of impact are they having on the plants? Or is there still insects out there that are causing problems? Suspicious spots, can you do some transplanting? How about taking some cuttings? Is it too late to take cuttings and get them rooted before... The weather really turns bad. Maybe it's not going to turn bad. Maybe it's not going to get cold. Global changing. Let me share my knowledge and help you make a decision on the action you're going to take. And uh, please remember, this is your show, and I appreciate you having me in your plant world. Another very important player is Drew. He's producing, so he answers the phone. He just needs your first name, and then he'll put it up on the caller screen. And then I will talk to you. I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. And besides this Saturday morning get-together, I can come to your plant world for an on-site consultation. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, and check a walk and talk. That's going to be on my homepage where my email address and phone number is. So, well, let's get strolling. This Walk is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. 
I never know uh, when I wake up in the morning. Well, I can't say never, but the majority of the time on uh, where am I going to actually do my walk that particular morning, that Saturday morning. So today I just kind of drove around, and then I decided, hmm, the baseball season's over, so maybe how about taking a look around Ballpark Village? And, uh, yes, that's at 7th and Walnut. That's kind of the main entrance or what I consider the main entrance. Maybe it's not. But uh, the banners were really flapping, and the fla- the banners were Years the Cardinals were the champions, the World Series champions. So it was nice to see that. Even though the breeze was a little bit cool, it wasn't really too bad. And at the entrance of the parking lot, there was some miscanthus. And the miscanthus was, I mean, really waving nicely in the wind. It was really kind of neat to see. And right below the miscanthus, such wonderful-looking mums. And, I mean, they are in full bloom right now, so this is perfect weather for them. They're going to still be doing well for another couple weeks, even if it does get cool. Backdrop, there was blue spruce there. So it's nice to kind of see the combination of plant materials. There are some deciduous trees as well, and uh, just adding to the whole thing. Elephant ears look still good. Cannas. Coleus, sweet potato vines, that's in the, some of the planters that are around there. High in the sky, there were crows flying. There was about six or seven of them, and they were having great fun. It was just a, a nice day to, I don't know, there was quite a few people, I don't know what they were doing, but uh, in Ballpark Village parking lot. So besides several delivery trucks and things like that. So it was really kind of a... An interesting thing, as the ball season, baseball season has ended, the ballpark village has not. So there's still plenty of stuff going on down there. So if you want to head downtown and take a look around and just have some fun, this is a good place to go. There's plenty of places to eat, plenty of places just to kind of walk around and and check it out. So as I said before, the hydrangeas, there were two different varieties of hydrangeas at the entrance to the parking lot as well. So things were looking bright and colorful. So if you do have any questions or concerns about your landscape, you can give us a call at 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. I'll be back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on The Voice of St. Louis KMOX. Remember, folks, in your lawn, control of broadleaf weeds with herbicides. You've got only a few more days, and then the herbicides are going to become less effective. Even Roundup, except I've been, you know, I don't use Roundup in my yard, but I use it in cracks in the street and the road and uh, just to kind of see how if it's been too cold for it to be effective. It's still working pretty darn good. It's knocking stuff off in just a couple days. So that was nice to see. Let's head over to Robert's yard for the first call of the day. Hi, Robert. Good morning. Um, I was calling. I, I like to raise banana trees in my backyard in the, in the summertime, and I was wondering the best way to store them in the winter. Uh, it's kind of tough. 
I mean, the best way to do it is to chop the top off, leave, a, uh, let's say, a stub of about one or two inches, dig them up, clean off all the soil, and just you know, wrap them up in newspaper and put them in a paper bag. Really, even the even the big ones. I have some that are about seven or eight foot tall. I know. Cause so, so, so cut them all the way down to the to the base. Yeah, and just watch out because the uh, the sap of a banana plant will stain your clothes. Will stain pretty much anything. Oh, now, I know. <laughs> yeah. There are some people in my neighborhood who, over the last couple of years, because the weather hasn't been all that extreme have put about uh, four to six inches, they've cut them off, four to six inches of mulch over the top of them, and then put some burlap over that and sort of snaked it down to keep the you know mulch in place. And they've had pretty good luck with them coming back. So you might try that, but uh, the majority of them should come inside, to be honest. Yeah, because what I've, I've been doing is for a long time, 20 something years and uh, sometimes i'll just leave them about you know whatever five or four or six foot tall and then i'll put them in a in a in a you know in a box with some with some dirt and i try to keep them moist and i have it used to work great but now all of a sudden i'm getting like a rot towards the bottom of the uh right at the base about halfway through sometimes they make it sometimes they don't so i'm going to try what you said so thank you very much sir sure my pleasure i love your show thank you very much yep and uh Let's go now over to Mike Shard. Hi, Mike. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Hey, uh, uh, I've tried this year planting some fennel bulbs, or actually plants. Never had them before. They're still nice and green. And uh, and when do you harvest the bulb? I don't know. I haven't been able to find any, anybody that knows a whole lot about it, you know. Now, what plant is this? Fennel. Oh, fennel. Yeah. Uh uh, probably the, you know, I would say as once they start, you know, sort of discoloring, go ahead and go after them at that time. Dig them out, yeah. Right. I also want to say I've had the best. I, I reseed all my uh, marigolds and all my zinnias. I've never had two, two-and-a-half-foot marigolds like i have this year i don't know what the, what it is but they sure do like this year just <laughs> <laughs> a whole sea of nothing but uh, gold marigolds this year uh, in all my gardens because i've seen in all uh, around my gardens and it's really given us along with the mums some real nice fa- fall color yeah know? that sounds great and uh so do you gather the seeds like of zinnias and then just keep the seeds and then put them out in the f- the following spring yeah, that and the marigolds. I, before the frost comes, I clip them all off. Oh, really? I'm not... a paper bag and put them in the refrigerator. And I've I've got one of the handiest tools. I got an electric tiller, you know, uh-huh. the first a couple of years ago. And that loosens all the soil at the top without digging in deep, you know, and then I rake them all in. And like I say, this is the first time that I've ever seen them two, two and a half foot tall, you know, and just full of flowers. Well, that know? sounds great. Yeah, so it's a, it's a good... It's really given some color to the fall this year, along with the mums and stuff. Yeah, this I think you know, for I don't know whether it's the weather or the the sunlight or whatever it is, but I think this year's color has been you know from a you know annual slash perennial standpoint has been absolutely spectacular. Whether it's the asters, the mums, 
you know, or anything else. Even the ornamental grasses, I think, are a little bit more vibrant than they normally are. So that's nice. Yeah, I got some asters, but they've just the deer have just seemed to enjoy them for some reason. <laughs> nice and spicy. Evidently, because I, I really like them. They're good fall color, but boy, yeah. you know, they just got this one all the way down. I think I've lost it, but we'll go from there next year, you know. Well, the root system's probably still viable, but uh, if they ate it down early, then that could be detrimental for sure. Yeah. Well, they just did it this fall, you know, and I guess they come through when the, the, the bucks, when they're uh, raking their antlers to clean off the felt, you know. Right. They do their they do their damage, and that was one of the things that they did. They tore up a a nice uh, a crepe myrtle that I had planted together with a red knockout rose, was beautiful with purple and red. And wow! They they went through that one night and just knocked all the top off of all the crepe myrtles. <laughs> <laughs> that was dirty deer. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, well, it's great to talk to you. Uh, I I just thought that you know I'd pass on about the marigolds and the zinnias because uh, they really are doing real good. And it doesn't look like we're going to have a frost for at least another week or so. so right. So you know, we still so got keep, plenty of time. Yeah, I keep plucking the, the brown marigold flowers off once they've turned. And, boy, it's just so bright and cheery out there, you know. Right. Well, thanks. All right. Take care of yourself. Yep. Have let's a good he- week. Let's head over to Denny's yard. Hi, Denny. Oh, my. Yes, go ahead. Are you there? I, I, I'm, you're cutting out or something. Oh, yeah. Try it. Is that better? Yeah, it's much better. Uh, I put a ring of uh, pavers around a maple tree years ago and, and some ivy. And anyway, over the years, it's gotten to be overgrown with weeds. And can I use Roundup on that uh, right next to the tree? Yeah, it won't hurt the tree, but if you, it will, whatever ground cover you have, it's going to, you know, impact it. But you're really on the cusp of Roundup being effective because of the weather. But if, okay. you know, I mean, I would go ahead and give it a try. It should work. I mean, but, we, you know, it just depends upon the exposure and everything else. But as I say, I've, you know, spray Roundup in the cracks in the street where vegetation is growing and I'm still getting, you know, really a good kill by the Roundup. Okay. Well, it wouldn't hurt to do it, Val, right? No. It didn't affect it, right? So I could do it again next spring. Right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much, Mike. Have a good one. Sure. My pleasure. Yeah, it's uh, one of those circumstances where uh, some years by this time, uh, the you know, the Roundup becomes less and less and less effective. But I've just been really surprised that uh, usually, it, you know, this time of year it's a more slow process, if not at all, you know, working. And but I mean, two days after I spray, the the weeds that you know are slash grass or whatever it happens to be that's coming up in the cracks in the street uh, are gone. So let's go over to Mike Shard. Hi, Mike. Hey, how are you this morning? Good. Hey, I had a couple questions on some plants uh, that I dig up annually and keep the roots or whatever. 
Uh, we'll start with the banana trees. I've heard multiple ways of doing it. In the past, I just cut it low to the ground, dug it up, put it in a paper bag, and kept it in a dark basement. A buddy of mine's telling me to keep the main stalk and to put it in a plastic bag and duct, duct tape around the plastic bag, the bulb of it. Does that? What do you recommend doing? I would not do that. I would say you're setting up a scenario to get root rot and, you know, basically not have any kind of plant next year. Yeah, they got a lot of water on these. Right. Okay, so so you say keep doing what I'm doing? Yes. And cut them near the ground, right? Right, exactly. All right, what about, like, um, I have two pretty good-sized, three good-sized elephant ear plants. Can I save those roots? That's the first year I ever did them. Yeah, so... The foliage is still pretty, you know, still looks pretty good, I would assume. At least mine does. It does. Yes, and so, it does. As, you know, as soon as they start, to, you know, I don't know how many leaves you still have on them, but as soon as the, you know, the last few leaves start uh, drooping down and discoloring and turning yellow, just cut the stalks off, dig them up, shake the you know, potting mix or soil off of them, and just, you know, wrap them in newspaper and put them in a paper bag. Okay, so don't cut them yet. Leave them go. Yeah, I mean, if you want to, you can cut them. You don't have to okay. leave them, but you might as well enjoy them for another week or two. That's true. And the last question is on the uh, tall, like, cannas, cannas, I don't know, like cannas, I guess. Yeah, cannas. What about those? Same way? Same thing. Cut them off close to the ground. Pull the tubers up out of the ground. Shake any kind of, you know, growing medium that they were in. And just put them in, you know, wrap. I always just roll mine up in newspaper and put them in a paper bag. All right. I appreciate your help today. Sure. My pleasure. Now, I will also tell you that uh, the last, over the last couple of years, a couple of callers have said they've had their, left their elephant ears out and uh, uh-huh. just put mulch over the top of them. And right. uh, these are ones that are in the ground. I have some in the ground from last year that I left out in the ground, and uh, I didn't put any mulch in between them or over the top of them because it's uh, my our house is fairly close to our neighbor's house, so it's a you know somewhat protected location, and they were really spectacular this year. It came back. Wow, that's right. interesting. All right, thank you. Yep, my pleasure. And right, now let's head over to Linda's yard. Hi, Linda. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, I have a question about an old azalea bush. It's not very big because it was kind of under canopy of trees, but um, it's looking kind. The leaves are looking kind of brown, and I wondered if this is a good time to give it any kind of food, you know, like Miracle Grow. But we could just give it. We're going to get some St. Louis compost. Could I just throw some of that on it, or what should I do with it to try to get it through the winter? Yeah, I would say definitely do not do any kind of fertilization on anything at all. So especially a broadleaf evergreen like an azalea that uh, is you know looking sick because oh, if did any... I say azalea? Pardon me. It's a lilac. Oh, lilac. Okay. Lilac. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Still, it doesn't matter. No fertilizer on anything. Okay. And uh, the other. And I the would say thing, best, the, probably the best thing to do is, 
I mean, you don't have to use compost, but you can just use a, a regular type mulch and put about two, two or three inches of mulch around the base of it. Okay. And the other thing is, is it too late to just put a little bit of of uh, compost onto or it's a really nice yard? I mean, it's thick. We're not going to seed it or anything. We're not going to core aerate it to just spread a little bit of compost on the grass. It's fescue, I believe. Yeah, there shouldn't be a problem with that. Ideally, you would core aerate before you did that, but just to, you know, to spread it and then kind of use a garden rake or a leaf rake, you know, and just kind of make sure that you just kind of spread it out and get it down in, you know, in contact with the soil. And then the compost will just melt into the ground. Okay. Yeah, we just, we didn't want to correlate it. It's, oh, the yard looks so nice. We don't want to tear up the grass. So well, anyway, it but really we have t- done that in the past. Oh, you have? Okay. Yeah. Okay, thank you very much. Have sure. a great weekend. Yep, my pleasure. And right. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We have phone lines open, so I'd love to talk to you. With Mike Miller on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. As uh, a couple people have already talked about what a spectacular year this has been, and there's been some really kind of quirky things that have happened. When I was walking around, I think it was yesterday or maybe it was Thursday, there was some iris that were in bloom. I mean, the flowers, the, the classic flag iris. The flower color was spectacular. The size of the flowers were spectacular. And blooming this time of year, the interesting thing was they had bloomed earlier because the owners had not cut off the flower stalks from the flowers of the springtime. So they were still there, but these were blooming again. So that's the same fan of iris foliage, an iris plant, that was blooming twice in one year. I never, ever seen that before after all these years of, you know, being out and about and everything else. So this is, like I said, a year that is beyond belief. So let's head over to Karen Jard. Hi, Karen. Hello. Hi. Uh, we had something unusual. I thought Sunday evening and Monday evening, we have big white grubs crawling across our blacktop driveway. What would cause them to come out? Uh, generally, they shouldn't. Usually, they don't crawl across the driveway. First of all, what could cause them to come out? Did you do some irrigation? Nothing at all. Nothing really? at all. We we picked up about fifteen of them. You're kidding. No. That's scary. I'd sell that house and get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought, didn't know if anything weather-wise or ground-wise might cause that to happen. I've never seen it before. Well, usually, you know, by this time of year, they're usually starting to migrate deeper because of the cold. We haven't had the cold, so but why they would be up and going across, uh, you know, a pavement is really kind of... Uh, very unusual as far as my thinking goes. I can't say I've, you know, actually seen it or, you know, even heard of it happening before right. this this late in the year. Yeah, I and know, I know the we ground also is had not, our lilac blooming again for a second time this year, so Right. So yeah. things are getting a little goofy, but usually even, you know, 
when the weather's nicer, they're not up above the ground crawling across any kind of pavement. Yeah. Because they're, I mean, they don't really have an exoskeleton that's really all that strong. That I mean, even the heat of, you know, even if it doesn't feel super warm, a driveway or any kind of pavement is going to be pretty hot for their, you know, their skin. Let's put it that way. Just wondered. Thanks. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, that is very strange. And 15 of them? Wow, you had a lot of grubs in your yard. Other things this time of year... Uh, keep, you know, you still got plenty of opportunity and time to get your daffodils, your crocus, your grape hyacinths, your hyacinths. You can buy them. You can get them planted. Wait for another couple weeks before you put the tulips in. You want to do that a little bit closer to, you know, the end of the month. And the reason for that is just if you get them in the ground too early, they could start sprouting and then consequently then, you know, even though the sprout is not going to necessarily show, it could really mess them up as far as blooming next year or the ability to bloom. So that's why you wait on them. Where the other ones, you're, you're going to be able to plant them and not be problematic as far as them, you know, sprouting at all. So just kind of keep that in mind. Uh, deep root feeding on trees, that's something that can be done this time of year. What is deep root feeding? It's where you auger holes with an earth, you know, electric drill, earth auger, about an inch, you know, diameter. And you go out about from the trunk to halfway out from the to the extension of the branches, the drip line. And you auger a hole about six inches deep and go around a circle all the way around and then go out two more feet and then do another auger all the way around. And then you backfill all those holes with compost. And what you're doing is you're feeding the soil. Then the soil will feed your trees. That's a lot better, you know, from my perspective, uh, rather than using a fertilizer on your trees. So healthy soil helps get, you know, helps keep your plants healthy as well. Let's head over to Jean's. Hi, Jean. Uh, Good morning, Mike. Uh, about 18 years ago, I had a ginkgo tree planted, and the nursery guaranteed it to be a male. Well, <laughs> it's turned out to be a female. Ooh. A couple years ago, it started dropping that ugly fruit. And I called the nursery, and, and, and the gentleman said, well, sometimes ginkgo trees change sex. <laughs> so my question is, is that a possibility? No. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I've never heard of that. And the problem with the fruits, you know, is not only the icky, you know, looking and everything else, they stink. They do indeed. <laughs> yeah. So, well, for him to say something like that, that is, you know, I've never, ever heard anything like that at all. So uh, maybe he was just trying to get away from giving me another tree or something. <laughs> well, 18 years ago, I'm surprised. <laughs> That's really kind of amazing. Yeah, it's a gorgeous tree, though. Right. They have spectacular fall color, nice mm-hmm. foliage. But like I, you have found out, they uh, uh, the females can be a little bit tra- you know, tra- traumatic. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, the squirrels do not like to eat what comes down. Right. I can understand be, why. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks so much. Sure. Yeah. Bye. And what you might do, too, is go ahead and, in case I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to sex change, 
uh, go to the Missouri Botanical Garden website and see if they say anything about ginkgos, you know, okay. changing from one sex to the other. But I've never, ever heard of that. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure. My pleasure. Now let's head over to Tom's yard. Hi, Tom. Good morning, Mike. Good How morning. are you, sir? How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Um, last week, I hope you haven't covered it uh, this week, but um, last week you said um, if you had um, grass seed, go on and spread it, but don't go out and buy new. Right. And I, I wonder if um, if it doesn't come up this year, uh, this fall, um, might it come up in the spring? No. Would it, uh, over? No, it won't? Okay. Pretty much not. I mean, that's not to say, let's say you spread X amount of pounds of seed. There may be a, a little bit of a germinating, but for the most part, that's not going to be the case. Well, shoot. Okay. Thank you very much. Sure. Have a good day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hate to be so disappointing, but that's you know, kind of the, the circumstance. It's just not going to really work. So uh, in your lawn... Seeding should be finished by basically, is today the 14th? Oh, yeah. Yesterday was Friday the 13th. Yeah. Scary day. No, wasn't really all that bad. But uh, by the 15th, that's when the, the seeding should be finished by then. And so if you can get it down ASAP, because we are, you know, the, as Scott said with his forecast, the weather's going to be pretty good for. Uh, not too bad, another week or so. So just kind of keep that in mind. Now, though, this is a time of year when you start to get a whole bunch of leaves, maybe. If you have trees in your own yard or like we have, we have trees in, as street trees, and then we have trees across the street in the park. So I actually set my mower blade high and rather than raking, what I'm doing is I run my mower over all the leaves that are blowing the yard or fall off the sugar maples that we have as street trees. And then uh, it goes into a bag, a mower bag, and then I dump it into the yard waste dumpsters. So I did that, did my first cut the other day. So it's like uh, I usually end up doing about eight or ten cuts to get you know the majority of the the fallen leaves taken care of. So let's ha- head over to Dee Dee's. Hi, Dee Dee. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, I have a question. A couple questions. Um, can I trim my butterfly weed down now? Yeah, it's pretty much finished. Okay. And how about the butterfly bush? Uh, that you know, that's finished as pretty much finished as well. So you can leave it if you want to, and just make sure if you do leave it that you cut it, make any kind of cutting or pruning that you're going to do before any new growth begins in the spring, because that's when they start setting the flower buds for that following summer. Okay, so it would not hurt to trim it now, though. No, it wouldn't. Okay. Okay, and also my mom and dad have a huge mimosa tree with two or three limbs, big limbs, that are dead or almost dead. Um, However, there's new growth around it, around them. Um, When is a good time to have the big limbs that look bad cut down? Uh, Pretty pretty much any time. 
anything okay. that's you know kind of on the let's say the downhill of their life, you know, limb wise, branch wise, or anything can be cut if they're long extended. Just make sure that they you know that's cut off in sections. So the final cut you're going to leave about a you know quarter to a half inch stub. But you're going to cut it so the reason why you're going to cut it off in sections so it doesn't tear the bark. Because if you just make one cut oh. right at the trunk or where or whatever it's attached, the weight of the branch could tear bark and then you could, you know, offer a circumstance for disease problems in the future. Oh, okay. All right. Well, you have a nice day. Thank you very much. Sure, my pleasure. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink think what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, 314 314- Four three six seven nine hundred or one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. I'd like to be under the sea in an octopus's garden in the shade. He'd let us in. Yes. Let's head over to Donald Jard. Hi, Donald. Yeah. Good morning. morning. Uh, When two questions, please. When should we take down the tomato plants? Uh, As soon as you want. To be honest with you, I mean, you can try to harvest some of the green ones if you're getting any kind of fruits, you know, being set, and then bring them inside and see if they'll ripen up. But uh, pretty much, they're past their, you know. I mean, they're still flowering and things like that, but they're really not doing too much that I've seen, you know, the various tomatoes. Okay. And then uh, the city of Webster Grills evidently is encouraging people not to rake their leaves this fall. They've got a sign that says, leave the leaves. I'm curious to what your professional opinion is upon that. I personally think it's not a good idea. Uh, if If nobody raked their leaves, we'd have too many leaves going into the uh, wastewater system, for one. 
Right. And, it, and, it, and if it piles up too much on your grass, it's going to kill the grass. Yes. I don't know why and, in the and, world they would be saying that. That doesn't well, make sense. No, but this is Webster Grows, and they're the ones also that didn't want you to mow in April. No mow April. They <laughs> want the grass to grow long and, and weeds to grow long so the bumblebees would be happy. <laughs> I'm angry, to be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, I but, mean, fungus problems, you let, the, I mean, especially, it doesn't matter where. But, I mean, a city like Webster, I used to own a home in Webster on Yateman. But uh, I, mean, I was in a valley down along a creek, and the leaves were so thick, you know. For, and, I mean, even where we are now in South City at Christie Park, if you wouldn't rake your leaves, it would be ridiculous. You would have no lawn. Then you wouldn't have to worry about mowing your lawn in April because there would be no lawn to mow. So. Good point. Uh, you're right spot on. And I, hopefully Webster will get their act together uh, yeah. based upon maybe your your professional opinion. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. That is kind of crazy to say don't do that. I mean, don't rake your leaves. Now, all, the only reason why I can think they're saying that is because they don't want to have to pick them up, you know, in yard waste. I don't know if Webster offers yard waste like the city does with the yard waste dumpsters. Or they don't want them in their, you know, whatever. But that just does not make any kind of sense. So let's head over to Mike's yard. Hi, Mike. Yeah, hi. I uh, was wanting to reach out to you. I'm looking for a gardening tool, one I've had for quite a while. Unfortunately, my tools got stole this out of the garage this year. I've replaced everything. But this tool is a Korean hand hoe. Everybody thinks hoe like the ones with the long handle, but this is actually a hand tool that's um, beveled, comes to a point it's kind of teardrop-shaped. It's it's a great tool because you can scoop and move soil. You can dig in. And uh, I've checked the Internet in a few places around here. The big stores say they have it, and you go there, and, of course, those people are stockers. They try to help you, but they don't know what you're talking about. And I thought, <laughs> well, I'll call Mike and, and reach out to the listeners, and maybe somebody can guide me into it. But it's actually called a Korean hand hole, and it's it's kind of beveled and teardrop-shaped in the blade. It comes to a point. Um, I think I originally bought one off of uh, Mother Earth News, um, and I've looked around. You can see them on the Internet at a few places, and I went to those places. Of course, like I said, they, they don't know what I'm talking about, and <laughs> they want to take me over to the kind with a rake. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's a great enough tool that I later bought a second one and used to loan it out when I was in the community garden in Soulard to friends, and they'd use it and bring it back. But anyway, it's the only one I haven't been able to replace, and it's such a great hand tool. So I thought, I'll reach out. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, to be honest with you, I have you know one that's kind of very similar to that. And I, I've had it for years, so I don't have it. I can't possibly remember, uh, you know, where I got it. But uh, I would maybe try an Ace Hardware. I did, um, and they've got some great tools. I was able to replace some stuff that was stolen from them. Great people, but they too were like, huh? <laughs> As you describe it, it was kind of like, uh, you know, it's kind of one of those you got to see it or know what it is, right? But uh, anyway, so I thought Saturday morning I'm listening. I'll reach out to Mike and I'll reach out to the listeners 
somebody's got to be familiar with one of them. Yeah, I know. You're right. It's a great tool. Yeah. Also, maybe try uh, the Missouri Botanical Garden website and see what they, because, you know, see if they can. That's a good idea. Sort of like lead you in the right direction. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, And let's see if we can get another call in. Natalie, can you do it kind of quick? Yeah. Hey, Mike. Hi. So I have this uh, maple tree. It's a variety of maple tree. Uh, It was in my landscaping as a small seedling that was dropped, and I transplanted it into a big pot. So I've had it growing in a pot for the last two to three years. My question is, when would be a good time to transplant that into my yard? What time of year? Would this be a good time? Yes. Basically, it's still got the foliage. Ideal time would be when when the leaves start dropping off of it. And just mm-hmm. dig the hole three times the diameter, but only 80% is deep. So, in other words, the top of the root ball is above the surrounding ground. And mm-hmm. uh, so, so this is a good time to do it. Okay. Well, I had heard a couple of weeks ago you were telling people to, like, drop it in in the pot. But would that be a smaller seedling? Because this is, like, about three, three and a half foot tall. So take it out of the pot, correct? You can. Or you can leave it in the pot for another couple of years because uh, if you've got a you know, ample-sized pot, Okay. Okay. So, in other words, just drop it into a hole in a in a garden space, or if you want to go ahead and just you know and plant it. In mm-hmm. the, I'm just planting it in my yard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Just, Sounds good. Yeah. Just realize, even though you don't know specifically which variety of maple that is, keep it away from your house. Keep it. You know, understand that this is going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You don't want it dumping stuff into your gutters. You don't want to cause any kind of problem for sidewalks or anything along that line. So, yeah, we do have another hour of the Garden Hotline, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Yes, folks, this is the second hour, which means tip of the trowel, special on-air recognition for individual group or situation that made an impression on me during the past week or so, and it's brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. And uh, right now, how about uh, thanks for inviting me on to your show. And uh, we can talk about plant materials, everything from annuals to bulbs to herbs to vegetables to Fruit trees, evergreens, blah, 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 blah. You know, all the different things that are when you look out your window or when you drive by a garden center or whatever it happens to be. That There's so many different kinds of plants that we can grow here. It is absolutely unbelievable. And I'll share my thoughts, but please remember my answers, comments, and opinions is not the only garden path to take to achieve your desired results, but strictly offered for you to consider. And another very important player producing is Drew. Drew will answer the phone. He just needs your first name, and then he'll put it on the screen. And when he's not doing that, he's pushing buttons and sliding these things and that things and turning left and turning right. (sighs) But anyway, I'm Mike Miller. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994, and I can come to your home and do an on-site consultation, if you like, which I call a walk and talk. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com. On the homepage, there's my email address and phone number. 
And as I said before, the tip of the trowel is brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. Tip of the trowel goes out. Last week was a very unique week. Uh, Best of Missouri Market and the Shaw Art Fair, the Shaw Neighborhood Art Fair, which was on Floor Place right down by the Botanical Garden. There was great artists, very, very unique, you know, various different things, but something that impressed both Tracy and I. They had one section that the local schools had done some different kinds of artwork. And local schools, I can't, we've tried to find the list of the schools, and we couldn't find a list even on the website for the art fair. But the I was just impressed with some of the artwork of some of these kids these are like, you know, high school, somewhere, I think junior high school. I don't even know. There may have been some from an elementary school. But it was just incredible. So the tip of the trial goes out to all the schools that had students do artwork that showed up at the art fair. We spent a lot of time looking at it, uh, various things. I bought a small dish a pottery from uh, one of the students, and Tracy bought a print. And like I said, we were both very, very impressed with that. So as I said before, the tip of the trial goes out to the Shaw Art Fair for having local students have an exhibit area in the art fair with uh, among all these, you know, like, professional artists of all kinds of different, everything from jewelry to woodworking to just unique prints and everything. It was just uh, fantastic. So tip of the trial goes out to the art fair for having those students, schools, and everything else. Let's take a couple of calls before we take a break. Let's go over to Bunny's yard. Hi, Bunny. Hi, Mike. I have some questions. Can I just start pruning about everything? I have a huge holly bush, and I have lots of boxwood. Can I prune all that? Pruning going into wintertime without knowing what the winter is, I prefer not to do that. You can go ahead and do it, but uh, I just don't, you know, I don't think that's advisable. I think you're better off to wait, and if you can live with it, Wait until we come out of wintertime and do the pruning then. Okay. And I so I have some uh, zinnias, and they're very small, but I wanted to save the seeds for next year. Do I cut off the dead ones and keep them? Yeah. I don't know what where this. I guess the seeds are right there on the flower. Right. The seeds are on the flower, so you can just cut the flowers off and put them in a paper bag. Great. And then just plant them next year. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure. My pleasure. And now let's head over to Ed's yard. Hi, Ed. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. I have a potted plant that I believe is a false Aurelia, and it's gotten so big I can't get it back inside. I just wondered what would happen if I trimmed the top of it back. Uh, hi. Is, is that going to cut off all the foliage by pruning the top? No, it'll probably be the newest foliage. It's, it's put on about a foot on the top this summer. <laughs> you should be able to go ahead and prune it. All right. 
it, I give it a try because that's the only way I can get it back inside. They don't have a place high or tall enough to get it in. Oh, you're kidding. Gee whiz. No, it's about nine or ten foot tall. I mean, that's kind of incredible. That uh... Yeah, after I, after I looked on the Internet, I, I, that's what I figured. I've had it about 25 years. Oh, my goodness. From a twig, you know, and I just moved out in the summertime and then in the wintertime, but it's getting so tall I can't get it back in. <laughs> so uh, it must be in a pretty heavy pot, too. It's about a five-gallon or six-gallon pot, I expect. Oh, my goodness. So, yes, <laughs> that is a lot of work. So, yeah, go ahead well, and prune it. Okay, I'll give it a try. Thank All you right. very much. Sure, my pleasure. And now let's go over to Paula's. Hi, Paula. Hello, Paula, you there? Oh, yes. Hello, Mike. Hi. Um, We are doing a landscape project, and we have some knockout roses that we need to move. What would be... You 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 cut out it there a little bit. Okay. Um, We are wanting to move some knockout roses. What would be the best way to do that? Basically water them really well, prune them back about halfway, and then dig them up. And have the new location where you're moving them to ready with the hole and move them and uh, get them, you know, once you get them, you know, installed, make sure the top of the root ball is above the surrounding ground and probably if we don't have any rain for the next, you know, week or so, water them every day. You don't have to water them extreme amounts, but just keep the, you know, keep the soil damp so that will encourage the root system growth. Okay, thank you very much. Yep, my pleasure. And let's do one more before we take a break. Let's go over to Ann's yard. Hi, Ann. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I, I'm calling about the lady that talked earlier about the repeat iris blooming iris uh-huh i worked i worked at a nursery in kirkwood for a while and um we sold repeat blooming irises and i looked it up when the right after the lady called and uh there's like five to 15 different repeat blooming iris germanica the bearded iris so really? they bloom in the spring and they bloom in the fall wow it is a thing. There is such a thing. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, thank you for the insight. You bet. So, repeat bloomers. Hmm. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. How would you like to have some bulbs blooming next February, maybe May, March or whatever? Well, this is a time of year when you can get some daffodils, tulips, crocus, and things like that. Put them in pots in a potting mix, not potting soil. Then after you plant them, place them in a cool, dark area for about eight-plus weeks or so. Keep them damp, not soaking wet. And then after 8 to 10 weeks or so, bring them out, put them in a sunny location, and you'll start to see some new growth. And then about, uh, well, depending upon how much sun they're getting, probably in maybe two weeks or so, you should be having some flowers. So if you'd like to have some crocus, daffodils, 
hyacinths, things like that, blooming inside your house. This is a time of year when you can pot them up in potting mix. Let's see. Let's go over to Karen's yard. Hi, Karen. Good morning. I was calling for the man who was looking for his gardening hoe. And he, what he's looking for is a Japanese garden knife, a hori hori knife. Oh. It's H O R I H O R I. And I there's five or six different ones on Amazon. Oh, really? Yeah. So. I have one myself and I use it for everything. <laughs> Cuz they're it... called a Japanese garden knife. All right. Well, thanks. Thank you very much. Yep. Yeah, he was, thought it was Korean, but uh I guess he'd had it so long he'd forgotten that it was Japanese. Hori knife. So now let's go. Thanks to Karen for that and See, where should we go? Uh, let's go over to Jerry. Hi, Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Are you there? Are you, are you talking about Gary? Oh, Gary. Sorry. Yeah. I was calling the same thing. Um, I've, I've seen the Japanese one that she's talking about. There's also one I saw in Africa called a field hoe. And there's a place called Gimpler. E-M-P-L-E-R-S. And there's a company called Rogue that they have, and it's got a seven-inch field hoe. And they make them from used um, agricultural discs to turn up the dirt. So oh, really? Solid steel. Yep. It's kind of a tear-shaped thing. So I, if it's not the Japanese one he wants, that's probably the one he wants. I've seen uh, field people down in Uganda just making rows after rows after rows with that thing. It's a tremendous little tool. Now, where did you say that you'd seen them for sale? Gimplers, G-E-M-P-L-E-R-S. Okay, Gimplers. You'll be able to find that online. Okay, great. Well, thanks. You're welcome. And let's see. Now, let's go to Karen's yard. Hi, Karen. Hi. Hi. Um, whoops. I just lost you. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Um have a crab apple that I planted probably about six months ago. It's absolutely in the wrong place. I just, um, and it hasn't turned any colors yet, um, has not dropped leaves. I'm just wondering the best time to um, move it. Should I wait till the leaves have dropped? Yeah, at least, at least started to drop. You don't have to wait till okay. all of them have fallen off, but you know, that sort of indicates that they, you know, it's kind of headed towards uh Sleepy time hibernation, and that's a better okay. time to move it. Good. And I apologize if this is a repeat, um, but I have elephant ears, um, and the bulbs were huge when I planted them. When do I need to get those out of the pots? Uh, you can do it as soon as you want to, to be honest with you. Okay. If you want to leave them, if the foliage still, you still have some good foliage on them, you oh can leave gosh, them. Oh my gosh, they're beautiful. Yeah. yeah, they're beautiful. So just go ahead and leave them until they start, you know, weeping down and turning, discoloring and turning yellow slash brown, and then dig them up at that time. Okay. And I just wrap them in newspaper, let them dry, wrap them in newspaper for the winter. Right. Okay. And, All right, and um, and the Jap this Japanese hose seems to be getting a lot of uh, publicity here. But there is a store on Manchester 
um, kind of close. It's called the Gifted Gardener, and they carried lots of very specialized tools. I don't know if they had that, but just another idea. It's oh. kind of um, a little bit west of Brentwood and Manchester. Wow. Well, anyway, great. just a thought. Okay, thanks so much. Love our show. Sure. Thank you. And let's head over to Eric's. Hi, Eric. Hey, good morning, Mike. Good morning. Did the lawn sweeps work for picking up those pesky gumballs at all in the lawn? Uh, it's going to be very hit and miss because they get down and, and you know, they, they don't just lay on top of the surface. So right. uh, it's probably going to be a, you're going to spend a lot of time and energy and not really get a good, efficient job out of it. Any recommendations? Short of raking, <laughs> there's not too much else that uh, I've found effective. Okay. How about uh, dispatching willow tree roots? As far as, like, cutting them, you mean? Well, I've already cut the tree out. It was way too close to the house, oh. and now i just tr- wanting to make sure they're not going to try and re-sprout. They're not going to do too much, and if you've already cut the tree down— the tree, the root system is going to stay viable with each year that goes by. It's going to get less and less. With probably a willow, you're looking at about three years before it totally implodes. But okay. you're not going to, or if you do, it's going to be a rare circumstance that they're going to be able to germinate or sprout anything at all. All right. Um, any any recommendations for stopping armadillos from tearing up the yard? <laughs> <laughs> Not too much. I mean, uh, they should have should have never migrated this far north. But uh, so here we are, lucky us. Yes, exactly. So they're <laughs> running for all kinds of stuff at the surface. What's going to happen is when the weather gets cold enough, anything that's going to that they rut for is going to be down too deep, and they're not going to be able to get to it. So then they're that will stop them. But other than the weather, there's not too much. All righty. Well, thanks. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, again, you might go ahead and uh, check the Missouri Botanical Garden and see what they recommend as far as getting the armadillos under control. So let's go now to Breeze. Hi, Bree. Hello. Hi. I have a Hollywood hibiscus. May it be planted outside and live uh, for the do- winter? No, for the most part, they're, you know, they're a tropical plant and they're not going to live outside. Okay. All right. Thank you. So, sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, you could give it a try, but, uh, hmm, be pretty iffy. Marilyn, how are you today? Fine, Mike. How are you? Very good. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that I have, Beautiful, tall, white iris blooming in my yard right now. I don't even know where I got them, but I love them. That's one thing. The roller device to pick up gumballs is a waste of money. (laughs) I've got one, and it does not work. Right. (laughs) But my question is, I have a lovely hydrangea that I've had for years. It had one bloom on it this year, and that's very unusual. They just are always filled so is it it's probably 20 years old is it dying uh if if it looks healthy probably it's probably not dying 
we the hydrangeas had a little bit of a often you know various you know, through all the callers and everything else. There's been several circumstances where the hydrangeas have been a disappointment, and it was weather wise that caused it. So, I would say let oh. you know leave it alone. See what happens next year. If it's another disappointing year, then I would say it's probably time to switch it out and you know put in a newer variety. Oh, I hate to hear that because it's beautiful. And it, you know the leaves are just as healthy looking as they can be. Right. The foliage. So I, is you know, again, I would say don't make that determination until next year when if it doesn't flower. Okay, I'll follow your advice, Mike. You're pretty smart <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm full of it <laughs> all right thank you so much for your help sure. uh, listen to you every saturday well great well thanks for having me on your show and now let's go to linda's yard hi linda hi mike hi um, i had called earlier but i heard the man i hope he's still on there we rented one of those things for the gumballs from handyman hardware on telegraph and it worked perfectly i mean we got so many and we kept have to you know get them out of there and put them in the bags to get rid of them but yeah it took up almost every one of them uh, a couple of years ago when our granddaughters were little we told them we'd give them a penny a ball <laughs> to pick those up and they counted every single one of them it was 25 dollars worth 2500 oh my god I know. And we only had one tree so I'm like oh what are you doing they had a cat but it does work really well. Oh, great. But, uh, yeah, the the lady with the hydrangeas, I have two that I can't believe it. This year we had 100 degrees, and they're blooming the most beautiful pink blooms. One of them did not bloom at all. I think it was because of that cold snap. But I was thinking of putting some mulch on them and also putting burlap around them, you know, to prevent that. Who knows what the weather will be this winter. But right. Do you have? I guess I could try Amazon, but I'm trying to find the burlap hmm. of where we could find that. You doesn't doesn't necessarily have to be you know, burlap per se. You can get some landscape fabric that can do this. You know, that oh could yeah, be a got burlap. that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think of that. Okay, all right. But yeah, if the guy's still listening, tell him to go ahead and try it because it's not that expensive to rent one of those. You know those. Power. Roller things that you know, pick up the gumballs, and it really did. It worked. Yeah, sweeper. It worked really well. All right. Well, great. Well, All thanks. Right. Thanks. Bye. That's a nice thing, you know, to, with the show is uh, I don't know everything. No, I don't care to know everything. I don't want to know everything. But people have some great experience in the fact they are nice enough to call in and share that information. That is absolutely perfect. So 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Back to the phones we go, and let's go over to Merrill's yard. Hi, Merrill. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, I'm ca- my sister and I are in the process of transplanting some daisies. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I didn't cut them back this year. Should I not cut them back? Well, if you're going to move them, they've pretty much finished. So you can go ahead and cut them. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. And just make sure, you you know, you water them really well the day before you're going to do it. 
have the new location ready to go so you can just pop them up out of the ground and move them to the new location. Yeah, that's our plan, man. All right. Going to be a good one. Thanks, Mike. Yep, my pleasure. And now let's see what's going on in Ken's yard. Hi, Ken. Hi, Mike. Hi. I had I had my yard aerated and overseeded and fertilized about a month ago. Should I fertilize again before the end of the year, or is that enough? Uh, it depends upon what kind of fertilizer they have, and you if you just have to be really careful. That I was going to talk about that uh, after the next break, but uh, you know you don't know exactly what kind of nutrients that uh, your soil has that are adequate. Sometimes if we fertilize, we're doing more harm than good because once we get to the last two numbers on bags of fertilizer, generally, are phosphorus and potassium. And when they get to be extravagant high levels, they're more detrimental to plant material, lawn or whatever, than they do good. So just be really cautious about what kind of fertilizer that you're using. So getting a soil test done might be something to do. I'd say skip the fertilizer for this year, get a soil test done now, and then that will help you in the future to know what kind of fertilizer should be applied. Okay. And also, you said you have a sugar maple? Yeah. Three? Yeah, three of them, actually. We're on a corner. Okay. I've had one that's, I guess, 30 years or so. And I usually really don't get helicopters just a couple times in the spring. But this fall right now, I'm getting all kinds of little helicopters. Yeah, they're tiny off the, off the sugar maples. I just, you know, thought that was just a spring thing and not a fall thing. No, I mean, the flowering gets pollinated, you know, in the spring. But then, you know, I mean, our sidewalk underneath one of the trees is almost covered with them. There's so many that has dropped within the last week or so. And is it just, like I say, it's not every year. It's just certain years. Right, exactly. That's you know, what we've experienced. And the thing is, when they fall into lawns or into bed spaces or anything, then there's going to be a certain percentage that's going to germinate. So I've been dreading you know, the thought of what's going to, what it's going to be like next spring. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Sure. My pleasure. And now let's go to Walter's yard. Hi, Walter. Hi. Hi. Um, I got some amaryllis that are still growing from last Christmas. I need to help you remember what I got to do to get them back to blooming again. Okay. Basically, what you want to do is go ahead and the foliage is looks good and everything else, I'm assuming. So cut the foliage off. Then put them in, you know, in a dark space. Let them go totally dormant for about, uh, oh, let's say six weeks or so. And then bring them back out. Start watering them again. And uh, then you should start seeing the flower stalk. Okay. Dark. Can I put a dark space? I got a space under my porch that's kind of outside and cool. Is that all right? Or If it's not too cold, yeah, you should be okay. All righty, thank you. Yep, or you can put them in a garage. At least my garage never. I'm not. I don't have a heated garage. It's not attached to the house, but that's where I've put my, the amaryllis I've had in the past. Okay, yeah, this space under my porch is, is attached to the house, so okay. it's on the house. It, it stays probably sixty at least. Or oh, really? Then you should be yeah. fine. Okay, thank you. Yep, and let's see where should we go now. Let's head over to Ginger's yard. Hi, Ginger. 
Hi, Mike. How are you? Good. Hey, I planted a redbud sapling about three springs ago, and I didn't shape it at the time. I didn't cut on it because I wanted to give it best opportunity to survive. We sure. don't have the greatest soil out. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Here, but this summer it really took off, and I have a lot of branches, thin, half-inch to three-quarter, so they're still fairly small on the branches, um, but I'm actually supporting all the branches with a bungee cord because they've gotten so top heavy and they're hanging over. Uh, one, is it too late to do some major cutting on it? And when's the best time to do it if it, if I can do it? Well, if you like the red bud and if, if it's flowering, then I would say wait until it finishes flowering and then prune it at that time. Okay. If, all right. So uh, after early spring then. Right. Exactly. As soon as it finishes okay. flowering, prune it at that Right then. Okay, that sounds good. That's what I needed to know. All right, great. And let's head to Cheryl's. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, my question is about elephant ear bulbs. When I took them out of the pots, there's all these long, stringy things that look like spaghetti. Do I cut those off or what? You can, or you can just leave them because they're going to dry up anyway during the time when they're stored for the winter. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, it's it's that's the bulb is there, but those those hairs, that spaghetti stuff, that's actually what absorbs the nutrients and moisture and everything else, which you know supplies the bulb, which you know, enables it to push out all the foliage. And then, if you're lucky enough, okay. it, so that's what what it's there for. You don't have to cut them off, but you can. Okay, thank you. Yep, and let's head to Carol's. Hi, Carol. Hi, Mike. Hi. Uh, my son bought me a hibiscus tree that has a twisted trunk in the spring. Do I have to move that inside during the winter? Yes. <laughs> I do. <laughs> uh, our garage is not heated, but it's attached to the house. Would that be a decent place for it, or does it have to be where it's really warm? Well, it doesn't have to be really warm, but it has to have bright light, or else hibiscus oh. are a little bit touchy anyway. 
Once you okay. bring them in, even if you've got really bright windows, they drop a whole lot of leaves, and they can end up being more of a mess than they are in aesthetic value. But uh, you can give it a try and see what happens. Okay. okay. And also your suggestion on the horticultural vinegar to kill out a vine really worked well. Oh, great. Well, I'm glad great to hear suggestion. that. Great <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Sure. And uh, let's see what's going on in Joe's yard. Hi, Joe. Hey, Mike. Hi. I want to talk about the gumballs in that. They have uh, this leaf blower does great with them. Blow them into a pile and then, you know, rake them up, shovel them up and that. But it beats raking. The only thing, your neighbors may not like you for the noise of the leaf blower. <laughs> That's very true. But, yeah, I mean, but, as long as they're you know, freshly fallen... It's just, you yeah, know, once they're got, walked on and everything, they get, you know, sort of packed down into the lawn or into the mulch or bed spaces or things like that, then that's when it becomes problematic. Yeah, but we've got zoysia, I've got bluegrass, you know, you just take the tip of the leaf blower if you haven't drove over them much, like you say, you know, and just pop them up and blow them in a big pile. Wow, great. That be raking. <laughs> But your biceps don't. No, I'm kidding. Anyway, thanks, Joe. And uh, let's head over to another Joe's yard. Hi, Joe. Hi. My, I'm calling about elephant ears. I have them in pots. When do I take them out? I, I know I dry them, but when do I take them out? You can do it whenever you want. I mean, they're headed towards uh, you know, dormancy. You can leave them as long as you want. I still have... Uh, I think six pots of them, and I'm leaving mine until uh, the foliage is pretty much all sort of leaning over, and then I so come. I'm going to be out of town for a month. I can wait till I come back in early November and then take them in. Yeah, you shouldn't have any problem with that. Okay, and then do you store them in a bag or do you just put them? How do you store them? You put you cut the top off and keep the bulbs like in the basement, correct? Right, and you can put them in a cardboard box. You can put them in a paper bag. You know, if you've got multiples, I always like layer newspaper in between each layer. So I just put okay. them in, you know, Trader Joe, Trader Joe's or Whole Foods or whatever paper bags. Okay, that's what I wanted to know. Thank you very much. Yep. And we've got phone lines open, so if you have any questions, concerns, or comments, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. Yes, folks, and back to the phones we go. Let's head over to Mary's yard. Hi, Mary. Hi. Hi. Um, I have a couple questions here. Um, I wanted to plant a rosemary plant that's been outside all summer, and it looks pretty healthy, and I have a south slope in my backyard that I wanted to plant it on. Is it too late to plant it, and um, is it possible for it to make it over winter? If the winter's average, it should be fine. You know, some okay. of those- I mean, some of the foliage on it right now might be turning a little bit brown because the days are getting shorter, but you should be okay just so it's a nice sunny location. Yeah, it's pretty sunny, and I was going to put mulch on it, and then I saw some guy on the Internet talk about putting straw around the plants to keep them a little bit warmer. No. (laughs) No? That's not necessary, and that causes more fungus problems than good. 
and just uh, you've had good luck growing it, so you know that they don't want a whole lot of water. Right. Yeah, they like to be on the dry side. Right. Okay. Well, I'll give it a try. I've got I've got a couple I brought in the house too, but I just wanted to see if this would overwinter. Yeah, I've got one in so. a pot that I'm going to stick in the ground myself, and probably within the next week or so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and they like pretty good drainage, right? Oh yes, very much so. Uh huh. So I've got a little rocky soil that came up when a tree fell over this summer. I could maybe stick some of that in the hole. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Okay. All right. It's kind of chunky rocks. And my other question was deer. I know people have called in with suggestions about how to keep the deer away from your plants because they chewed up my grape myrtles last fall. Yeah, I mean, some of the wildlife repellents, you know, predator peas and things like that, that seems to be the only thing that is even somewhat effective. Okay, well, I might put a, try to put a cage around them, too. <laughs> and my last question was, I need to put a little mulch around the bottom of those grape myrtles. Do I have to, you know, a couple little things have come up, weeds and stuff. Do I have to pull those up? You don't have to, but if they're perennial weeds, then they're just going to come back next year. Yeah, that's true. So it's a good idea, too. Yeah, just to get rid of them. Okay, but it wouldn't hurt anything. I mean, I think some are old violet leaves or something if I just left them there and covered them with some mulch. Well, then they'll probably push up through the mulch. Oh, okay. All right. And when typically, aren't we past our usual first freeze date for Missouri? Uh, it's a little hard to say. I think we, it would be on a, the first freeze is always going to be a really light one, but, uh, yeah. we're kind of at that cusp of time when it would be occurring basically right now. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. And I love the show. I listen every Saturday. Well, great. Well, thank you. And thanks for having me on your show. All and, right. Thanks. Yep. Bye-bye. Let's head over to Carol's yard now. Hi, Carol. Hello, Mike. Hi. Um, I have a couple of questions. Um, I have uh, trimmed my, um, oh, I can't think of the name of it right now, in the spring after it blooms. But then it's got some long arms on it, and I was wondering if it would keep it from blooming if I cut some of those off. I I miss what type of plant it is. It's um oh the yellow one in the fall. I can't remember the name right now. Hypericum. Um, no, the big bush, the one that first one that bloomed. Oh, in the spring. Yes, in the spring. Oh, because you had said had said fall. Uh, forsythia. Yes, forsythia. Now yeah. I, I did it in the spring. I trimmed it, but right. now it's got some very long. Some of the branches are very long. If I trim those off, will it keep the whole thing from not blooming? No, just the branches you cut off. Okay, fine. And the other question, I have elephant ears in pots. If I cut those off and just take them down into the basement in the pots, would they winter that way, you think? Yeah, just don't water them. Don't water at all. Right. That was my next question. Do right. I water them? Okay, fine. I thank you very much. Yeah, you want and you him have to a go, good day. Yeah, you want them to go totally dormant. Okay, fine. I can do that. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> bye bye. Bye. And let's head over to guys. Hi, guy. 
yes, uh, we've moved into a new home, and I planted uh, several weeks ago just a cool-season grass mixture with rye, and it's come up nicely. But I had a question about when and how do you do overseed for next spring? Uh, springtime is not the ideal time. I mean, you can do it for uh, you know for grass seed, but the ground is cold, so you don't do it too early because it's not going to the seed's not going to germinate well. So I'd probably say normally wait until mid to late April, early May before you put down any kind of seed. Now, would I need to core aerate it before I do that? Well, it certainly would help. I mean, uh, that that just allows you know water to penetrate and everything else, and it's just I mm-hmm. you know and air and you know it's just good for the soil structure. Now, okay. also realize that rye is not the best type of grass seed to be trying to grow here. Right. I was just trying to get something in to hold it over the winter right. so I wouldn't have much mud around. But, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Yep. My pleasure. And now let's head over to Bob's. Hi, Bob. Yeah, Mike. I got a crepe myrtle uh, bush. It was supposed to be a tree, but it turned into a bush. But anyway, is this a good time to trip? Well, if you prune it right now, it's finished flowering, or it's you know going to be finished flowering really soon. So yeah, this is a good time to prune, or you can wait into do it in the early spring before any kind of new growth begins. And crepe myrtle trees do not survive here if they're true crepe myrtle trees. They can't; t- they're not quite as hardy as the shrubs are. So they probably just sold you a single trunk and said it was a crepe myrtle tree when in reality it was a crepe myrtle trunk that just had all the side shoots cut off of it. So that would be a bush then, right? Right, exactly. So it'd be uh, uh, better for the plant to get, uh, wait till the spring to do any trimming? No, you can prune it now. There's not a problem doing that because any summer bloomer can be pruned right after it finishes flowering you know, through uh, the fall or early spring before any kind of new growth begins because it starts setting the flower buds in the springtime as the new growth begins. What's the possibility of of this uh, plant making it through the uh, winter? It looks pretty healthy right now, but yeah, the they're, winter... I... They're pretty tough and durable. Okay. All right, Mike. Appreciate your uh, information. Thanks a lot. Great. My my pleasure. And, Harry, can you do it kind of quick? Uh, yeah. A question on my purple cone flowers. Uh, if I deadhead them now, should I, and I want them to propagate, could I bury these, uh, the heads now and maybe it'll come up in the spring? Yeah, you don't even need to bury them. Just let them drop onto the ground and the seeds will just pop loose and then they'll germinate. And then, of course... You know, you know the root system and the foliage and everything. That's really the uh, perennial plant, so it's going to come back from that too. Okay, and should I cut? I was told with all my natives to clear them out or cut them out or you know, whack them off in the uh, in the late fall, and they'll come back hardier in the next year. Also, that's not going to make that much difference. Okay, okay. So I could just leave them through spring then. Yep. Okay. Thank you so much. Sure, my pleasure. And guess what, folks? Stephen Weiss, 
He was the owner of Crevecore Camera. And they're back with a brand-new version of Crevecore Camera. Crevecore Camera was a unique situation, but now they're called Photo Pros. So they've opened in West. They're in the Westport area. And here, want to know where it is? Well, just go to Photo ProSTL.com. That's P-H-O-T-O-P-R-O-S-T-L.com. And you can find out what the location is. So they've got all kinds of cameras, new, used, tripods, camera bags, flashes, and much more. Also, restoring memories from photographs and movies and things like that. It's done right here, right at the location there. The Photo Pros for all your needs from a photo standpoint. The Photo Pros. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh, oh.